today on The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. Open our hearts, change us from within by the open word. Give us ears to hear your truth and eyes to see the needs around us as we draw. Because his delight is not in the death of the wicked. His delight is in reconciliation and restoration. His delight is in forgiveness. That's why he sent Christ. His delight is to have that relationship with you and I. And as many as would call upon his name. And so why would we stand and say, I can walk in my sin because he's not nailed me yet. I can continue to walk because his judgment hasn't hit me yet. The Lord told the Israelites to burn what they found in Jericho, but a man named Achan coveted what he saw there and kept it. Not only did he disobey the Lord, but he continued to hide his secret, even when the Lord announced that his judgment was coming. How long do our sins go unconfessed, just because the anger of the Lord has not found us yet? Pastor David will be teaching us today that although God's heart is for reconciliation, we should not keep walking in our sin like Achan, simply because he hasn't disciplined us yet. Now here's Pastor David with today's message entitled, The Devastation of Sin. that even with this declaration that God had made, I'm going to bring judgment tomorrow and we're going to go boom, 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 boom until I finally get to that man. Do you realize that with that declaration, God is extending hugely amount of grace, a huge amount of grace. You don't think that God that night would, could come to Achan's tent door and, yo, son, it's over. Boom, you're gone. He could have very, very easily. The judgment is going to happen tomorrow. Achan, you can repent tonight. Who knows, but maybe the Lord might take mercy on your soul, Achan. The judgment's coming tomorrow. You know the sin that you've committed, Achan. Repent of it tonight while there's still time. God's going to be going and he's going to separate from the 12 tribes. Achan, here, here's your chance. As soon as he picks that tribe of Judah, you go running forward and you say, you know what, hey, hey, whoa, you don't need to pick anymore. I confess I'm the one that did. Here's the stuff. You've got to understand that by this time, the gig's up. You're going to be busted. You might as well fess up to your sin and then literally and truly plead for the mercy of God, Achan. It's going to happen. It's going to go through it. It's going to separate the tribe of Judah. From the tribe of Judah, then God is going to separate by families. And once again, Achan, when they come down to your family, why don't you man up to your own sin? Why don't you go ahead and confess it? Do you really think that you can hide this thing from God? And in our own lives, how many times do we think that, well, I can get away with that? Again, why? Because God hasn't struck me down right now. 
God hasn't hit me right yet. But again, it's that mercy, it's that grace of God that He extends to us. Why? Because His delight is not in the death of the wicked. His delight is in reconciliation and restoration. His delight is in forgiveness. That's why He sent Christ. His delight is to have that relationship with you and I. And as many as would call upon His name. And so why would we stand and say, I can walk in my sin because He's not nailed me yet. I can continue to walk because His judgment hasn't hit me yet. Achan, when they come down to the level of your family, why don't you go ahead and fess up? Every level of revelation toward Achan's sin, though, he continued to harden his heart. There's sin in the tribe of Israel. Hey, just say it, Achan. Whoa, I I didn't know it was that big of a deal. Man, I've got stuff right here. Let's give this to the Lord. We'll burn this thing. We'll, We'll get rid of it. I did it. No, it's in one of the tribes, so we're going to pick through the tribes. Oh, it's the tribe of Judah. Oh, okay, it's me. Fess up then. No, then it goes to the families. Then it goes even from there. It goes now to the households. God's going to call out man by man. The problem is, is by the time he gets down to that point of calling out man by man, there's no more chances at this point. There's no more chances of repenting. Why? Because judgment has come. There is a time that is appointed to man. And that's a judgment that is coming. And the problem is, is the world, you know, man, now, either they don't believe it or they just push it so far out. But you and I as the church, man, we ought to believe it and we ought to live it. We ought to understand that, man, we could stand before the Lord at any moment at any time. The enemy could come at us at any moment at any time. Am I walking in a way that I have the anointing, that I have the the covering, I have the protection, I have the power, I have the peace of God in my life? Or am I continually stepping out of that protection and the enemy can nail me any time? The long-suffering, the mercy of God has been extended before this whole multitude of people. And yet Achan remains an unrepentant, deceiving sinner, standing right in the midst of God's righteous judgment. God's judgment comes closer and closer and closer and closer and closer. And he still stands there, unrepentant. He still stands there as a deceiver and a liar. But he's not going to be standing long. Verse 15 tells us that he who is taken with the accursed thing is going to be burned with fire, he and all that he has, because he's transgressed the covenant of the Lord, because he's done a disgraceful thing in Israel. How long will a man stand in rebellion against the mercy of God? Maybe that's a question each one of us need to answer on our own. How long are we willing to stand in rebellion against the righteous mercy of God? We can think of it for the lost world and say, man, my, my cousin, man, I've shared the gospel with him time and time and time again. He continues to stand in rebellion against the mercy of God. And we can understand that with the lost world. The lost world's out there, man. They, they need to come because that day of judgment is coming, and I believe it's coming quicker and quicker before us. But what about you and I as believers, we who claim the name of Jesus? How long will we stand in unrepentance, 
standing against the mercy of God in our rebellion. When God reveals our sin, he usually does that through the gentleness of his Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came to convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. He's that still small voice that comes to us and it's that word behind us saying, hey, look, here's the way. Walk you in it. And in obedience, we say, okay, thank you, Lord. I want to walk in that way. In disobedience, we say, yeah, but I kind of like this way over here. This is kind of fun. This is kind of enjoyable for its season. I'll get over here in a little bit. You know what that is? Delay, you know what delayed obedience is called? Delayed obedience? It's called disobedience, okay? Uh, it's just flat-out disobedience. So when we have delayed obedience, it's walking in disobedience. Can I expect God's blessing when I'm walking in delayed obedience or disobedience? No. Can I expect his covering and his protection in my life? No. But all too often as Christians, we live that way. Oh, I can step over here. God talked to me because he hasn't caught me yet. He hasn't whooped me yet, so he probably won't. Too many times we have the concept, forgive me moms, but we have the concept of the mom in Safeway who we hear, now you stop that, now you stop that, now you stop that, now you stop that or you're going to be in trouble when you get home. Now if you don't stop that by the time we get home, you're going to get spanked. Now you you need to stop that or I'm going to tell you that. You need to stop. We have that concept of God that God is just going to continue to say no and no and no and we'll get by with it. Rather than understanding in the greatness and the might and the majesty and the power and the authority and the judgment of God, that it's only because of his mercy and his grace that he allows his children to step out in delayed obedience or in absolute disobedience. If we don't listen, he will bring or allow adversity in our lives. Because he wants to catch our attention. He he wants to make sure that we're fully aware, not only of his presence, but also of our sin. And if we continue to walk in rebellion to him, then he's going to give us the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, as Isaiah speaks. Why? Because he loves us and he wants to bring that correction. He wants to, again, chasten us to bring us back into conformity to his will. Achan had every chance in the world to do the right thing or to make the wrong thing right. Number one, he didn't need to take that stuff because he understood, hey, when we go in Jericho, we're going to wipe it all out. But remember, don't take anything except the gold, the silver, the bronze, those kinds of things. Grab those. We're going to give those into the house of the Lord. But remember, this one is the Lord's thing. This is, in essence, you know, this is the first fruit offering. We, we're not taking anything there. We're giving everything to the Lord. Understand that. Everybody understand that? You're cool with that? Okay, let's go into Jericho. And Achan understood that. But he chose not to be obedient. And then even after he sinned, he chose not to fess up to his wrongdoing. He chose to stand in rebellion of the Lord's discipline. And he faced the consequence. Verse 16. Joshua rose up early in the morning, brought Israel by their tribes, and the tribe of Judah was taken. Where are you, Achan? He brought the clan of Judah, and he took the family of Zarhites. Achan, where are you? 
He brought the family of Zarhites man by man, and Zabdi was taken. Achan, it's getting close. Verse 18, then he brought his household man by man. And you know what? Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zara, the tribe of Judah was taken. In verse 19, now Joshua said to Achan, my son, I beg you, give glory to the Lord God of Israel and make confession to him and tell me now what you have done. Do not hide it from me. Actually, at this point in time, there's absolutely no sense. There's, there's, there's no reason at all to deny it anymore. Not that there was ever a reason to deny it to begin with, but for sure, right now, the judgment has come right at your door, Achan. Here, the secret sin of Achan had been found out, and the sin that he thought he had done in secret is now going to be proclaimed to the whole community. Oh, church, be sure that your sin will find you out. The word is so clear about that, particularly for you and I as believers. In verse 20, Achan answered Joshua and said, Indeed, I I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel, and this is what I've done. When I saw among the spoils a beautiful Babylonian garment, 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold weighing 50 shekels, I coveted them and I took them, and there they are. They're hidden in the earth in the midst of my tent with the silver under it. Problem is, is this is all too little, all too late for Achan. He's become his own worst enemy. He made a bad decision and compounded that bad decision with further bad decisions. And in his sin, not only is it impacting his life, but it impacted his whole community. His secret sin, he took a Babylonian robe. Understand, that Babylonian robe was supposed to be burned with fire. They were supposed to burn all this stuff. Where do you think you're going to wear that robe, Achan? I mean, really, you think about it. Where are you going to wear this nice Babylonian? Wow, cool robe. Where did you get that, Achan? Uh, can't say, can't say. Maybe he's going to wear it at night after everybody else goes to bed, goes and gets the robe and kind of struts around his own tent. You know, the, the foolish, but it's the foolishness of our own sin, isn't it? I mean, the sins that we do and we think, oh, I have, maybe this is a good idea. Maybe this is a bad idea. Maybe this attitude is what I need to do. Because we think that it's the right thing to do or we think that it's going to take care of a situation or it's going to give us pleasure for a moment or it's going to cover this or hide from that. We think that, but it's just as foolish as Achan stealing a Babylonian robe. There's no logic in it. How foolish our sin is When we look at our sin, according to the Word of God, and with logic and any kind of reason, you think, really? You thought you would get away with that? You thought that that would be the good thing? You thought that would be the right attitude? You thought that that would be the good decision? You thought that that would be something that you need to hide from everyone else? He took a Babylonian robe that he could make absolutely no use of. And then he had taken some silver and gold. Interesting thing here is these were the things that were supposed to be consecrated to the Lord. They were supposed to go right into the treasury of the Lord. That's just like he went into the treasury and he stole the gold and he stole the silver. It's just 
Exactly like that. Achan was disobedient to God's command, and furthermore, he directly robbed from God. How brazen can a man be when he turns his back to following in righteous obedience? When we turn our backs from following in obedience, man, our heart grows cold, our conscience becomes dull. One sin leads to another until it's unspeakable, unthinkable, and that becomes commonplace and acceptable in our life. Why? Because we started the journey with either delayed obedience or absolute disobedience, turning away. And one step leads to another, leads to another, leads to another. Had Achan justified his sin somehow in his own life? Hey, you know, I I needed a robe. It was getting cold at night and I needed a robe. That just happened to be a robe right there that I could take. Well, you know, I needed this silver. I needed this. Maybe he tried to justify his sin. How many of us at some time or another didn't try to justify our own sin? But when we put it in the light of God's word, God's command, God's instruction to us, there's no justification to it. And in essence, what happens is we, we no longer hear that still, small voice of the Lord, nor is there any real fear of judgment in our life. It's at this point where a man lives out the statement that there is no God. If man can walk in continual disobedience to God, then in reality, he's living out the fact, there is no God. I can do whatever I want to, whenever I want to. And beloved, when you are someone who at one point in time you confess Christ in your life and yet you're living your life and you're making decisions and choices and you're doing actions and allowing attitudes to continue to maintain and thought processes continuing to... You are living your life as a practical atheist even though you may be declaring Christ as your Lord. Because you're saying, I can live this way, I can have that attitude, I can have that hatred, I can have that prejudice, I can have that disdain, I can have that desire, I can have that pleasure in my life, whatever it might be. I can allow these things to continue on in my mind. You become, in essence, a practical atheist, professing one thing, but by your life living something entirely different. How hard does a man's heart have to get before he no longer fears and much less loves the Lord who brought him out of bondage and delivered him into the promise. We can look at Achan, we can see the results of that. But how about for you and I? How hard does our heart have to be to where we are not cherishing the reality that it was the blood of Christ that cleansed me from all unrighteousness? God in His love, while I was still a sinner, sent Christ to die for me. How hard does my heart have to get before that means no big deal for me? That I can live, I can act, I can think, I can have the attitude of anything that I want. Verse 22, so Joshua sent messengers and they ran to the tent and there it was. It was hidden in his tent with a silver under it. And they took them from the midst of the tent. They brought them to Joshua and to all the children of Israel and they laid them out before the Lord. It says that they ran to the tent. I'm sure that they did. Man, the judgment of the Lord was at hand. I'm sure all of these guys were probably sweating. What in the world's going on? So they ran to the tent. They got the stuff. They wanted to get this thing finished. They knew it was not going to be pretty. 
the hand of God led them to Achan. Then they searched out. They found the material evidence. His guilt was obvious to everyone. Verse 24, Then Joshua and all Israel with him took Achan, the son of Zerah, the silver, the garments, the wedge of gold, Achan's sons, Achan's daughters, Achan's oxen, his donkeys, his sheep, his tent, all that he had, and they brought them to the valley of Achor. And Joshua said, Why have you troubled us? The Lord will trouble you this day. So all Israel stoned him with stones, and they burned him with fire after they had stoned him with stones. And then they raised over him a great heap of stones till there is to this day. So the Lord turned from the fierceness of his anger. Therefore, the name of that place has been called the Valley of Achor to this day. Achan's sin impacted the entire community. The entire community was brought together as part of his judgment. If we left it right here, it'd be an overwhelming story. It would be just like a man that's like, so, wow, where do we go from here? But with the revelation and the punishment of Achan's sin, that now releases the community of Israel. That allows them to see not only the final victory over Ai that we'll look at next week in chapter 8. That's really still nothing, even that victory at Ai. What it does even more, though, is it allows them to see that continual active work of Jehovah God in their lives and in their community. Even if they said, you know what, we've got 30,000 men. We'll go up there and we'll take Ai. Even if we lose a few thousand men, we're going to take Ai. But God wasn't with them. What a horrendous situation that would be. But because judgment came on Achan, they now could understand, they now could experience that present work of Jehovah in their lives. One man's sin it impacted the whole community. Throughout the community, they gathered together. His sin was revealed. The whole community then came and carried out the punishment. And as we're going to see in chapter 8, the whole community then is blessed with a great victory, as well as now they're going to be able to enjoy the spoils of Ai. And when you think about it, the very thing that sin does to us in our lives is try to make us move into or gain something that may actually become ours at the right time. But because we don't do it in order, because we don't do it with the full leading and authority of God in our lives, we lose out instead of gain. We suffer instead of rejoice. We receive the judgment of God rather than his blessings. And beloved, that's the devastation of sin in our lives. We try to gain or get or put ourselves in a position before God ever does and desires. And that's disobedience. And because of that, the community suffers. All that we would, every one of us, myself included, walked in that continual, consistent, persistent Faithful, immediate obedience to God in order that we might all see and experience continually that anointing, that power, that blessing, that peace of God in our hearts and lives. Open our hearts. 
Most of us have heard the story of the walls of Jericho falling down. We remember this story from Sunday School. This is just one of many events David will be bringing fresh insights to as we study the book of Joshua together. We're sure today's message has been a blessing to you. Maybe you'd like to get a copy of today's message. Here's Tracy with all the information you need. Life these days moves fast. From one appointment to the next, most of us race through our days with blinding speed. Those in-between moments are great opportunities to connect with God by hearing from Him. To hear more encouraging words from God's Word through the ministry of Pastor David, go to TheOpenWord.com and click on the Teachings page. Thanks, Tracy. Again, to secure your own copy of today's message, simply log on to TheOpenWord.com and select the Teachings page. You can also give us a call if you'd like. That number to call is 520-836-9676. That's 520-836-9676. Another option to get in touch with us is to send us an email. Our email address is info at theopenword.com. Once again, you've been listening to The Open Word with Pastor David Landry of Calvary Chapel in Casa Grande, Arizona. In the next edition of The Open Word, David will continue teaching through the Word of God. So please make plans to join us again, and may God richly bless you.